Me too. Praise God. And I even recognize you with your mask. And anyway, you know that I put it on for me. But anyway, the Lord is good. Amen? Amen. And, uh, you know, we even have, do you know the youngest member here? is Archie. Everybody say good morning to Archie. Good morning, Archie. Proud of you, Dad. Yeah. So I'm getting to know names and faces, but if I call you Bob, answer anything. Because uh, eventually we'll get connected. But I'm back and I'm feeling strong. And so thank you, Lord, for And uh, so I praise God for his goodness. I want you to remember the Ukraine because these are challenging days for them. And uh, I don't know, Terry, do we know how much has come in as yet for the Ukraine fund? Uh, in the last week, there's uh, 1,000. Just under 1,300. Okay. 1,600, and so up until May the 1st, that's when it's next week, isn't it? Um, we want you to give out of a generous heart. Think of the freedom that we enjoy here. And yet, can you imagine, like if you can imagine uh, Orangeville devastated, uh, Fergus, and, and Toronto, places like that, Merrickville, you know, places like that, obliterated. And people leaving their husbands, never going to see them again, not knowing if they're alive or dead. I, my heart goes out to them. And uh, uh, we had a missionary there, uh, Ed, Ed Dixon, and he's been there for 25 years plus. He's a Canadian, born and raised in Chatham. And uh, through Airville, they're supporting him because he's over there getting orphans and that out of there into Poland giving them food and shelter. And so when you give to Ukraine through this church, we are investing in lives like you and me, and that they deserve our prayers and our support. Can I say an amen on that? Amen. So keep that in mind. And next week, come prepared to give generously, not out of obligation, but out of love. And uh, if you can think of your whole life being, you know, destroyed, Anyway, that's yet to come. 
including you, because that's so important for us to hear, how to build our life on values that are lasting. And let me begin with the, as a true story, a high school teacher stood before his home class, knowing that this was his last opportunity to speak to them because graduation was just days away. And they'd be going to university, pursuing their life uh, career, doctors, lawyers, engineers. And uh, he had imparted to them, but he felt prompted this day, knowing that this was his last opportunity to speak to them. And he took out a large five liter <coughs> beaker, glass beaker, and he put it on his desk. And he said, kids today, um, we're going to do something different. And with that, we had a meal over here with fist-sized blocks. And he took them out one by one, and he carefully placed them as much as he could into that beaker. And then he asked the class, is that beaker full? And they said, yes. Wait. He got another bucket filled with gravel. and gaps that the big rocks couldn't fill, the gravel did. And he said, now class, is the beaker full? Yes. It's, it's a it's the last of the last days. 
challenging this. And so I want to give to you six non-negotiable life values to build your life on that if you purpose in your heart to make these personal commitments, regardless of your age, regardless of where you find yourself, if you make a commitment to God that by His grace and enabling presence, I vow to live by these principles. I guarantee you, on the Word of God, you will live a fulfilling life, you will be respected, and you will have a life pleasing unto God, and you will be Christ-like in your character. So today I want to talk to you about these non-essentials. Now, I'm speaking from the NIV, the New International. It's also known as Veneri Inspired. But anyway, no. Uh, so the first non-essential is, and, and what, you, what you'll find, there's six, there's six phrases in the NIV. And it's this phrase, make every effort. Say that word. Make every effort. Again, make every effort. Now that talks about commitment. That talks about, you know, it won't just be automatic that you will wake up and say, oh, I've got a magic bullet. No, it's going to be determination. It's going to be wise choices. It's going to be effort. It's, and so make every effort. And along with that phrase is a value to build your life on. So the first one is 2 Peter 3.14. And it says, so dear friends, since you're looking forward to this, here it is. Make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. Now what does it mean for us to be found spotless and blameless in the presence of God? Does it mean to be perfect? I don't think so. Because there's not one of us that is perfect. So how does an imperfect person become blameless and spotless before him? And that is live a life of integrity. Write that down. Make every effort to live a life by integrity, I mean being real, being genuine, walking the talk. If we say we believe something, it should have a direct influence on our everyday behavior. And so if we purpose to be people of integrity, that means not to be pretentious. You know how you come across people, how are you today, and they have that plastic smile? They're so angry. You can't relate to that. But being a person of integrity is, well, you don't deny your strength. I mean, we all have different giftings that we're good at. But being a person of integrity also includes that these are areas in my life that I haven't really got a handle on yet. I can work with some of them. 
So we need to be real. To be a person of integrity is to be genuine. And, and not just to be pretentious and cover up and, and never really open up your heart to someone. You know, we need to be able to have fellowship. We need to be real with one another. That's what I like about small groups. I guess you don't have to get that here. But anyway, but we are on prayer on Zoom. That was good. Enjoyed that experience. Um, but I think we need to be in that place where we can feel confident that we can share. I really need prayer for this. Uh, and I think that when we can trust the confidence of one another because we're people of integrity, that's where real fellowship begins. And so we need to make every effort because we live in a, you know, So we, we need to be the light and salt. So with God's help, we need to purpose, number one, to be people of integrity, that we be found spotless, blameless before God, because we've been real with God, and if we confess our sins to Him, He's just and faithful to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Aren't you thankful for that? Amen. Amen. Now, the second one, because I, I can preach a sermon on each one, so I'm doing, you'd be surprised on what I'm doing. Um, the second one is found in Hebrews 12, 15. So see to it that no one falls short of the grace of God, and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble. Make every effort, that's what it means there somewhere, um, to live in Some people will do it intentionally, and others will do it unintentionally. I mean, think of your own marriage. Well, I know you guys aren't here yet, but I mean, think, like, think of that. Like, there's no perfect church, there's no perfect marriage. You know, we have to give a little room wiggle, right? And say, you know, forgive me, I shouldn't have said that in that tone, you know? Uh, and, and so we can, we can be offended, and it says, make sure that you will allow the grace of God that no one falls short of that and that no bitter root grows up. Why? Because it causes trouble. It causes trouble. It causes poison to get into your heart. If you hold a grudge against somebody and you refuse to forgive, it will squeeze the very life of God out of you. You will become cynical. You will become critical. You will become skeptical. Sour. It'll shrivel your heart up. Your heart for God. It's like poison. So you need to make every effort. 
They say, yeah, but pastor, what do you get away with? No, they don't. They'll reap what they sow. But you'll be free. And that you'll be free to worship God. You'll keep your heart tender before Him. So we need to make every effort. Let me give you three reasons why we need to do that. Number one, I've said it all. Jesus revealed himself with many infallible proofs during these days, after Easter, 40 days he was living among them, when he just suddenly appeared. And one of the convincing proofs was when Peter went back fishing. He came up empty just like before. But there was a stranger on the shore, remember? And he said, hey guys, how's the fishing? Nah, not so good.
Hebrews 4.11. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish following their example of disobedience. Scratch that and just make every effort to enter that rest. I've got here, anyone who enters God's rest is from the NIV. Uh, from it, it, just as God did from his own word. Let us make every effort to enter God's rest. Alright? Hebrews 4.11. Now what that's saying is we need to come to a place where we honestly trust God for whatever we're facing. God does not intend us to go through life uptight wants us to be content to have a sense of it is well with my soul and live at rest in him. So how do we do that? Well, one of my heroes is the Apostle Paul. And if you look in Philippians 4, verses 4 to 6 or 8, this is what he says. Worry about nothing.
peace and mutual edification. What does it mean to edify? Build up. Right. So, we need the purpose to be an encourager. If anybody, anytime we need encouragement, it's, do you ever have too much encouragement? You know? But we all need to be encouragers. And, and to edify is to build up. And it's so easy for us to pick out the faults and, and see the problem. But God says, look at the potential. Yeah, look at look at look at the energy. Look at the good things that are there. Look what God can do with us as we commit ourselves to Him. We need to be dispensers of hope and encouragement, and and come alongside. I know as as young people, I think I'm going to do this. I don't know where I'm going for sure. Julia, you're going to be good. You're going to be fine because. So we need to look for opportunities of being an encourager. And so make every effort to do that. Well, we're getting there. Not only that, number five, it says, make, we're, we're out here with the verse again, it's Ephesians 4, 3. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. I'll tell you,
so nobody might have known. They were together. They prayed and they continued together. And through that unity, God brought blessing. In fact, think of Psalm 133. Let me turn there for a minute. Uh, let's listen to this. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brothers and sisters to dwell together in unity. It's like the precious oil upon the head running down the, onto the beard of Aaron, running down to the edge of his garments. It's like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountain of Zion. Listen now. For there, where, where there's love and unity, there, he, God commands his blessing. How many want God's blessing on, on your life and on this church? Raise your hands. Come on now. Yeah. Just pretend I'm speaking to you because I am. <laughs> but, but how good it is. And I want you to think of that picture because it's so important we make every effort not to take for granted but to really work to keep the unity of the spirit. We can agree to disagree but still love one another. Amen? So I mean, we're not looking for union, everybody buttonhole. No, we have to respect one another's opinion but in love and keep the unity. Nothing's worth fighting over and bringing disunity. So if you want to wear a mask, I shouldn't go there. Um, <laughs> so, okay, I am not, not going there. Anyway, you can delete that. Um, so, but I'll tell you what. It's not worth it. We need to fight to keep the unity of the Spirit. Think of the anointing oil. The anointing oil came down anointed his eyes. And Paul says, may the eyes of your understanding be open. He anointed his ears that he would hear the voice of God. He anointed his mouth that he would speak words of God. He anointed his heart that it would be kept pure before the Lord. He anointed his hands so that wherever he touched people, they'd be healed. He anointed his feet that he'd walk in paths of righteousness. Precious there's no substitute for the anointing of God. And we need to maintain the unity of the Spirit because it's there that God commands His blessing. And He likens it to the anointing. Hallelujah. It's good preaching, Pastor David. <laughs> okay, now I'm getting at the last one. 2 Peter 1, 5 and 8. All right. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, to goodness, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. Now listen. If you possess these qualities in an increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective, unproductive in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And everyone said, Amen. Amen.
And what I get from that is this. Even though I'm 76, I'm still learning. So make every effort to keep growing. That's what it's telling you. Keep adding to your faith. Keep adding to your knowledge. Keep adding and keep something fresh within your spirit. And, and never stop growing. Always be on the stretch. We are living in days we've never lived in before. This is a different season than when I started out. But I'll tell you what, I'm still growing. I'm still learning. I'm still wanting to be on the cutting edge. I could be down in Florida growing up like a prune. <laughs> but I said, God, this is my 14th church that I've been in for. Wow. And since I turned 65, I didn't retire. I read with their college. See, I did it right. <laughs> Reposition. Because if you retire on Jesus, you know where you're heading? Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm ready to go, but I'm not in a hurry. <laughs> so as long as we're here, we have purpose. And I want to make the most of every opportunity. I, I preach different now than when I first started out. But I still believe in all the calls. Hallelujah. People still get saved. Get the baptism of the Spirit. Listen, I'll get on to that in the book of Acts yet. Hallelujah. Pentecost is coming. Hallelujah. And in these very days, God has decreed, I will pour out my Spirit. So let's just keep growing. Whoa! Never be satisfied. They that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. Just like that beaker will keep overflowing. Amen? Amen. So here are six values to build your life on. And as you do, you will live a productive, effective life. So, you know, there's new books to read. There's new ideas to pursue. And, you know, just keep on the stretch for God. Because the alternative is you'll get stagnant, bored, and you'll no. Anyway, so I really appreciate the love and the good spirit here in this church. And I prophesy to you, God has better days ahead. God has good things in store. I, I, I'm amazed at the amount of young people here. I keep referring to you, and I kind of bless my heart for it. Because you are the church of today. Not tomorrow, but today. And I consider you young. You know,
good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen? Amen. So, Father, bless your word to our hearts. Help us, O oh God, to purpose and to depend upon your enabling grace to make every effort to be a people of integrity. Making every effort to forgive those who offend us so we don't become sour and bitter. Help us, Lord, to make every effort to learn to trust you and to rest in you. Help us, O oh God, to be an encourager, to build one another up. And help us, O oh God, to keep the unity of the Spirit. For without the Spirit, we can do nothing. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We make room for you. And Lord, by your grace, help us purpose to keep on the cutting edge. To keep growing. Never to become stagnant. Until you come. In Jesus' name. And everyone say.